This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless, a post-mortem on the Young, Restless, and Reformed. I am your host, Matt. I am joined by Pastor Michael. Maybe he will sound a little different, but you know what? That's because, you know what the Midwest is? It's Young and Restless and Reformed. And Pastor Michael, it is really, really cold, is it not? (laughs) It is so cold today. That's the only reason why I might sound different, is it's just brutally cold. It's Today, so cold. Today when I was driving in, it was a solid negative 14 degrees. <laughs> so that is uh, that is what we have to deal with here. And it was just the kind of day where we're running late to everything. Yeah, it, it was just that kind of day. I think everybody feels, it must be the cold. Yeah. It's the kind of day where every single thing I did, I was running late. I was behind. I didn't finish. And so here we are, I don't have my good recording microphone and we're running late, but nobody else knows that because you're going to get this episode tomorrow unless you don't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And And then then it's the cold. It's the cold. cold. (laughs) I was running so late today that uh, the battery died in my van from the cold. So, and then I went out in that, in that beautiful negative 14 degree temperature to install a new battery in my vehicle. So it has been a cold day, but I am ready to warm. That's what you have to do. I'm ready to warm up with some winsome winter, some nice uh, winter wine, and and go back to Second Peter because Pastor Michael, we are two virtues away from completing this this look at a couple verses in Second Peter uh, that has been a great joy. And so, Pastor Michael, will you read us a couple of those verses from Second Peter one? up until our current virtue, and then we can take it away from there. Here we go. So uh, this is Second Peter 1. I'll just start in verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection. Mm. So this week we are talking about supplementing your faith with brotherly affection. And Pastor Michael, we've had all these nice snappy lines that we've been saying use brotherly affection. What is our what is our line for this week? So we're, we were running behind people. It's really cold here. <laughs> and we feel like we didn't we couldn't come up with a really great one. What we have right now is this. We're talking about brotherly affection not family defection. Mm. So brotherly affection, not family defection. Now, if you're listening to this and you think, wow, that's not near as good as piety, not pietism, virtue, not virtue signaling, or any of the other ones we've done, you might be right. You may or may not be right. We're not going to admit one way or the other right now. But if you can come up with a better catchy tagline for this particular uh piece of the virtue list we will gladly give you a piece of merch so if we think it's better and it literally just matters if we think it's better that's we right. will go ahead and give you a piece of the restless store merch so if, let if us you, know if you have a better idea that's right so it's based purely just so everyone is clear it's based purely on our subjective opinions and if we agree if michael and i together agree where two or three of the hosts of restless agree if you get to rename this episode We'll be happy you did, and we will send you a piece of merch. So 
we will find out. But we are talking about brotherly affection or brotherly love. So uh, another, actually, even very interestingly, perhaps an, another interesting way we could translate this word would be familial affection. So this is the brotherly affection. And so this is a this is a word we all know. It is Philadelphia, as which is the city of brotherly love, of course. Whether or not that is ever described, that city is another uh, another question. But whether it currently describes the city is not in question. <laughs> I was literally, I funny enough, I just was listening to a podcast the other day. I don't remember what it was. It was something just to be in the background. And they were talking about how horrible Philadelphia is. Yeah. So shout out to our uh, Philly listeners. We love yeah. you guys. So, Hope you're doing okay there. So brotherly affection, not Philadelphia, I guess, is the <laughs> is, is another option here. So what this actually, um, this word had, a, again, like most of these, as we've said, what's very interesting about the virtue list in Second Peter is that they come with all this import from the surrounding Greek culture and that and that Peter is saying that what Christ has truly um, born in you and that you've received by faith can actually accomplish uh, righteousness, can actually produce these virtues in you. And one of those things is brotherly affection. And so this was the kind of affection that was viewed as incredibly positive. And it was the kind of thing a moral person would do towards his family members. This is how a a moral person in Greco-Roman culture treated their family. It included acts of kindness and generosity to their kin. Um, Christian literature, again, well, as we've also noticed, while these, these, all these virtues have import in the surrounding culture, Peter has a, always has a very specific, we see them in the scriptures used in a specific Christian way, right? There's, there's usually something, right? Um, and and this is what's interesting about is the Christians are often described to have this towards other Christians. The Christian, the application of Philadelphia love was abnormal because the Christians would uh, practice this and show this to people outside of their physical family. Right. And so Christians showed Philadelphia love. They belonged and showed brotherly affection to those in the church. So Pastor Michael, what do you what do you think about considering this virtue as we as we begin? Yeah, it, I think that's uh, that's good. I think it's it's good for us to see how Peter is using these terms as a way to and and the rest of the New Testament does as well, right? Especially with you know. Uh, uh, well-used word like Philadelphia. Um, but uh, to think about the way in which this was already, in a sense, visible and practiced amongst people, right? Or at least it was supposed to be. It, it was known. It, I, I mean, it, it develops as a very, an idea because this is how you treat certain people uh, within your family. And so, you know, think about um, just the way that someone might uh, provide for their family, right? Their their siblings, their uh, their their near family, even extended family, right? If somebody is you know uh, more well off and they know that there are those in their family that are in need, well, they're going to help them with some of those needs. Um, if they're in need of work, right, they're going to work to make sure that they can get that sort of thing. Um, they're, in other words, they're kind of going out of their way in a sense to uh, work for the benefit of these others. 
And I love what you said there and mentioned how, you know, the New Testament applies this term, which was pretty particularly about this specific family unit, um, That's not right. unit like we use it, right? Not nuclear family, but like to the to kin, kin yeah. relationships, households, yep. et cetera. And it actually expands this, right? It goes beyond that. And isn't this just like God? <laughs> isn't it just like the Lord where it's not saying, and we'll, I think we should get into this, right? This is the you know brotherly affection, not family defection. Uh, it's, it's not saying love less. It's not saying, hey, you've been devoted to your f- physical family. Stop doing that and come over here and devote yourself to this instead. Yeah. Actually, it's saying, look at this love that you show to those who are like you and close to you and tied to you in various ways. Now, we're also like that in the church, right? right. The, the church has that same kind of love. Um, so it, it expands, right? God, that's what God's love is like, too. It, it, it's just more and more, right? The more you love, the more love you have. Um, God is love. And so this very idea of expanding that out, moving that out, um, I think is just really fitting. Yeah, I do think it is important because now, obviously, we're not going to develop a, a full theology of how the Bible um, embraces the natural family and how the church, what role the church has in that. But I do think one way to think about this in a in a fairly simple way is if if the love you're supposed to share, if this virtue is something that's supposed to overflow into your relationships in the church, it's going to be very difficult for that to happen if you aren't, if that isn't already happening in your own family. Now, of course, uh, we, you know, I'm just imagining dear objector in my ears. Well, you know, there are people without such families or there are, you know, there are extreme cases and indeed the, the Bible actually cares for those extreme cases too, because in the first century they were called widows. And true widows, right? And Those orphans, right? Widows and orphans. Widows and orphans, right? And so we should we should expect ourselves, we should see that the the church is in a place for that. But for the vast majority of us, this kind of brotherly affection is going to need to grow in our family so that it can so we even know what it means, right? We yeah. can't if you have no sense of brotherly affection, familial love in your own family, when I say bring that to church. What 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 could you be bringing? Right. Mm. It, it, it's a complete um, it would be complete confusion. I think that one of the things I think about when we hear this kind of warmth of familial love and affection, one thing I think about often is what that means in regards to um, that. This is like. This is a kind of virtue that takes us beyond just duty. Um, Because again, Michael and I, uh, I think again, in fighting against pietism, a lot of these kind of very subjective um, things we would have staked uh, the Christian life on, you know, we've, we've just come to see that there's a lot, a lot more objective, a lot more the outward, Mm -hmm. right? These kinds of things. But we do still see here, this is, this is familial love and affection is more than duty. Right. Yeah. Even with the things the Romans associated it acts of generosity. Right. Mm -hmm. That's beyond just providing for your family. Right. These are things. um, These are shows of love. And and I do think that I do think especially it is something that um, 
we 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 do need in our own families that right in many ways the family unit as it does in so many ways serves as a training ground for this mm. yeah even thinking about uh, that so you have these two sides of it right this is not just doing the you know bare minimum that you're supposed to do necessarily um to help others it's also actually having a kind of affection for them. Yes. And that doesn't mean, by the way, something that just arises naturally. We think of affection. We think of of love in its internal, um, you know, maybe more emotional form as something that is just this spontaneous. It has to be this this completely out of the blue, you know, uh, moment of of, you know, and, and raptured love. That's what love is. Right. It, it comes naturally or something like that. But actually, there's a huge portion of the love that we have for others that we actually have to cultivate. Maybe we don't naturally have affection for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe there's somebody in your church that is a, a member of the church, is a professed believer. They're, they are, you know, as, as far as in any way you, uh, you know, have the right to judge, they are a believer, they are your brother or sister, and you can't stand them. Like is very common in natural families as well. Right. Um, guess what? You still are called to love them, right? You're still called to add to your faith brotherly affection. You're supposed to cultivate that toward them. Um, doesn't mean they have to be your favorite person in the world, but you can learn how to actually love, not just love, again, by doing outward good things for them, which is a part of it, but also actually desiring their good, mm. desiring that they are are better off, actually desiring what is right and good for them. Yeah, yeah. I think that this is a we'll we'll go to some verses in just a minute, right? Of places where we find this this word in the scriptures. Um, but I do think this idea, I do think it helps to even just think about the okay, what kind of love do I show in the church? I show the kind of love I show to my family, right? So familial love, you really care about, and and again, these are things you can practice in your own family, right? You care about the interests and issues and problems of others, right? Mm, yep. And you, you um, right, you laugh together, right? You share time, um, families, there's correction, right? Um, now, again, a lot of our, you know, you, we, we have conflict and resolve it. Now, again, I understand that in our own families, these things are broken. Of course, these things aren't perfect um, because this is a virtue to grow in, right? Yes. So even even that is 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 okay, right? I I just but I think this idea of wanting their good, that that kind of consideration, and I do think, um, yeah, it is something to to certainly we need to practice. I need to practice more. I think. I failed in showing enough brotherly affection to Robert Robbie Gallaty, our our techno pastor DJ. I think by the end, I was probably not just wanting as good. And I don't think that doesn't mean we can't poke fun and laugh because we can. That's what we do in families as well. Right. Yep. But I think we we do so with a kind of affection or we do so to correct. We do so to do those things. And I think I think I just am just saying realizing, hey, I want to be a model of brotherly affection. And I think in that moment I failed and it's a virtue I want to grow in. Yeah. But this is how, but this for me gives me a very helpful framework. When I think about 
What are the kinds of things you do in a family, right? Whether it's meals, right? Caring, hmm. correction, laughing, right? Those are the things we should we should be adding to our lives and adding adding to the church. Yeah. Um, so let's read some verses to to just kind of nail this finally down. And and Michael, by the end of this, maybe we will come to the, you know, everyone's favorite youth group uh study, the kinds of love in the Bible with Greek, yes. the Greek words everyone learns. Um and 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 because we have to from so that, Rob Bell, by the way. From Rob Bell. Actually, that's that's the best. Light that, light that <laughs> forest on fire. I watched that in uh in youth group. Oh, I watched it many times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So the word Philadelphia, right? The uh, the the noun version of the verb phileo is uh, not used totally a ton again, which is interesting. But the verb phileo is actually used a lot, uh, especially in the Gospels. So we'll we'll look at the verb, we'll look at the nouns, and then we'll talk about. Um, I just picked two examples because again. We're running behind and and we there are so many examples we could um use it all night. Um so but here's the first the first occurrence of Philadelphia. And so love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. One of the things I just want to point out is that it when we talk about the difference between because we will get to love next week, Paul seems to have an idea of there being a difference between love, which will be agape which is then one for next week and brotherly affection that brotherly affection is one of the ways you show this love. So yeah. it's just, a, it's just interesting because I think sometimes we make too big of a distinction, but there clearly is one going yes. on. Um, so the next one is the next three, I actually think are uh, verses give us a little bit more description of what this brotherly love might include. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write you. This is first Thessalonians 4 9, 4 9. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Hebrews 13, 1. Let brotherly love continue. 1 Peter 1 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Pastor Michael, do you have any uh any thoughts or comments on on these verses we find? Yeah. I guess the one thing I'll just you know, add again, is that this is something that is commanded repeatedly, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Like this is commanded, commanded encouraged, uh, but, but commanded. And so um, that is in our time, the idea that, you know, you should be driven purely by your, you know, liking of something or someone um, like that falls apart here. Mm. Right. Like, no, you're commanded. Yeah. Like you look around. I mean, seriously, do this when you're at church next Sunday or think about this past Sunday, whenever you're listening to this and think about as you look around or as you meet with people, as you talk with people um, after the service, think about the person that you dislike the most. <laughs> and I think probably you see somebody right now, like there's somebody Let that brotherly love continues. Yeah. And let brotherly love continue, right? Grow, supplement to your faith, brotherly affection mm. for that person, right? Where it's hardest. And this is not a command to just like keep hanging out with your buddies, mm. which is fine. Yeah. Like that's a fine thing. That's a good thing, right? You've got Christian friends. Yeah. Spend time with them. That's awesome. 
Um, but there are going to be people that you really have, have a hard time with mm -hmm. and you should love them. You should add brotherly affection for them as well. Yeah. It's a brotherly, it's brotherly love, not a bro down. Right. I'm, I'm trying to win yeah. that merch, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. It, that even right. Thessalonians saying that this is something that's taught by God, right? Only God has the authority to command your heart, like command, like your internal being, but he does have the right to command that of you. And he does all the time. <laughs> and he does all the time. And, and wait a it, minute, man, but I'm just, I'm just like this. Right. right. I just I know. This is who I am. It's I just can't. I can't help it. Right. Guess what? Evidently, God doesn't care. <laughs> like evidently, God doesn't care about you thinking that way or feeling that way. Right. He says, "No, stop it. Change." Right. Like brotherly affection. Right. Isn't isn't the whole issue of isn't the whole reason we believe in the internal regenerative work of the Spirit because your soul actually does require the work of purification, and Man. that you need a new pure heart. Right. Like this, this is, is oh, this is so good <laughs> because name a sin and ev man everywhere right now, we are trying to justify our sin by saying, well, it's an internal desire that I have. Right. It's just part of who I am. And yeah. God says, well, that that who you are is supposed to be dead in the grave because you died with Christ and you've been raised with him. And the Holy Spirit that dwells within you, guess what he produces? Brotherly affection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me read two verses that use the word phileo and they use them two very interesting ways, because the one thing obviously we don't want to do is we don't want to do the garbage word studies, right? Where it's like, oh, I found the Greek word and now I use it like a magic trick. And so I want us to look at a little bit of the kind of the variety, the way this word gets used, um, because, again, I think the bad way you learn the different words for different Greek words for love is that like phileo only refers to this and agape, like that there's no overlap. And I think that, uh, I think that that right agape is always just God's love. And I think that there's, again, I think there's some issues with thinking that way, though there might be some truth. We will think about it in a moment. So this is in Luke twenty two forty seven. I think this is the most interesting use of phileo I found in the New Testament. It said, while he was speaking, this is Jesus, there came a crowd and a man called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He drew near to kiss him. And you're like, well, where's the word brotherly affection there? It Phileo is also used for kiss and greeting that mm, way. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. right. It's this like it's the greeting of right. It's the it's a familial greeting. Right. And so it came to connote uh, kissing. Uh, but obviously, mm -hmm. think of how that would be translated. It'd be so interesting. Obviously, we shouldn't translate it this way because it's referring to this action. But he came near to love him like a brother. Right. Like that mm -hmm. just it, to the original reader. That's just like the ultimate knife twist by Judas. Yeah. Right. Like he's oh, it, come... adds, it adds so much to the understanding of Judas actually betraying Jesus with a kiss. Yeah. Like that is the, it is the ultimate betrayal. It's the ultimate stabbing in the back of a brother. He, he, yeah, he betrayed, you know, Jesus betrayed Jesus with brotherly affection, mm. right? Like that's yeah. just, um, you know, and obviously it is then it's again, we, it's no surprising that Judas receives the treatment he does in the new Testament, mm -hmm. given these kinds of things. So, and then here's another one. This is obviously a very, very different one. So maybe that one is negative. This one's very different. So for the father loves the son, Phileo, for the father loves the son and shows 
him all he is doing and greater works than these he will show him so that you may marvel so i picked this one because again it shows it seems like a lot of times where phileo is used in terms of god it's oh it's it's it uh, seems like a number of them at least are referring to the father and the son the inner trinitarian love um and so i picked that just again to av- so we can avoid the kind of fallacy that god's love is agape friendship or familial love is phileo and but here, this love is is described for the father's love for the son. So, mm. so Pastor Michael, before we we get to our our final question, um, I have one example that comes to mind that I think will be interesting to our listeners. What are ways, either examples or thoughts, of how we can treat other Christians with brotherly affection, um, in the most positive sense, of course. Not like Judas. Right. Right. Not betraying with it. Right. Not, uh, right. not. So what you have there actually is, is one way that you, um, that teaches us, I think actually, um, how you might not do it. Maybe not in such an extreme degree, but how often do we, we do the, the like physical thing you're supposed to do, right? The outward action right. that you're supposed to do, but behind it all is actually just like a crappy attitude. Right. I'm like, I'm going to go and help this person because I know I'm supposed to, but I really can't stand them. I can't stand spending time with them. Um, No, the way that you're supposed to actually approach others with brotherly affection means that you're supposed to cultivate like an actual for them, an actual care for them, an actual desire for their good. Um, uh, you know, for their benefit. And that can be really hard uh, when you have obnoxious or annoying people around you. And guess what? If you go to a church, you probably do. <laughs> you, you probably do. And it's probably not like not everybody, you know, you may be that person. Yeah. And you you're may probably be that person, that to, person someone. to someone. You're that person. You are, to someone, right, right? Probably. The, if the world we live in, you're that person to yep. someone. Totally, totally. Um, and you, there may be certain personality types or just like the way somebody's voice sounds or, or how somebody looks or just, you know, certain, certain mannerisms they use that just drives you crazy. And somebody probably thinks the same way about you. And that's, that's okay. As long as that's not a barrier to love. Uh, I have a natural, like, you know, it just, somebody who speaks this way or does this thing naturally uh you know i just kind of i don't want to be around that as long as that's not a you know i'm not i shouldn't say it's not good in the sense it's not fine in the sense that that's actually a good thing but what i mean is that everybody probably has that to a certain extent yeah that is it's maybe normal is what i mean um but what you are called to do then is to push past that barrier, that boundary, um, and to actually show love to one another and to love one another, (laughs) you know, both of those things at the same time. So yeah, don't let it just be that, that outward action, but let it be something that is true of the heart as well. And then I would just say, I mean, actually think about ways that you can benefit somebody. Hey, if you hear that somebody is like in financial need, you know, if you're sitting down with somebody and they tell you about financial need, guess what you can do? You can try to help them. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not in the position to do that, uh, but maybe, you know, 
there's somebody who they, you know, they, a loved one passed away or um, they are, you know, particularly lonely or, you know, maybe they grew up without a father and you can like play the role of like an older brother or father figure in their life. There are dis- different things that you can be and do to others in such a way that like you can play a role that often a natural family can play, but you can actually play it in a deeper sense because you also have the common bond of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And I think, and if you excel in these things, God, and you're a man, um, you may be called to be a deacon, uh, by the way, because this is much more what God describes as deacons than Mm. a guy who likes to um, care for a building or, run budgets though those are certainly in families an incredibly important thing right so it's not that deacons shouldn't do that and can't do those things out of love and many do right so i'm not and i'm not denigrating that but that right when we talk about the responsibilities of deacons right even in the book of church order it says the office of deacon which is spiritual shall be chosen for men of spiritual character honest repute exemplary lives a brotherly spirit, warm sympathies and sound judgment, right? That this is what they're talking about. They're talking about deacons who do this, right? It talks are we in Presbyterian circles talk about them, you know, um, visiting the lonely, the sick, right? Caring for these people um, in any kind of distress in their time of need. And obviously Mm -hmm. caring for other, other issues that the family, the congregation needs to care for. Um, and this is where I want to uh, quick before we move to, you know, uh, yeah. our last thing, I want to bring in this idea that we talked about of, you know, brotherly affection, not family defection. Mm. And what I think we mean by that is that, you know, both. So, you know, we talk on the level of the natural family, right? This is not uh, you have to love others less in order to love the church enough. You, right. you, you don't have to do that. That's not actually how. Um, how God's love works. Um, there's actually, there's more to go around. You grow in your ability to love the more that you love. Um, but also let's, let's uh, think of it through this lens as we're talking. Um, how often is it that because you don't like the kinds of people that you're around in the church, you say, oh, well, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Right you just leave, right? Oh, well, I don't like this person. I don't like that particular leader. I like, because in other words, you don't have brotherly affection for those that you are around fellow members in the church. You decide, well, I'm going to run. I'm going to leave, right? I'm going to be the, the, you know, brother or sister that moves far away and you never hear from again. I'm going to be the dad that leaves his family just in, the church, right? I'm just like, I'm going to be that uh, piece of the family that just is the black sheep and just is, is never around ever again. Um, that like, that's really common. It's mm. really common to defect from, uh, from obviously natural families, but also just from, from the church because of very insignificant things. I'm not yeah. talking about, you know, doctrinal error or things like that. I'm talking about the actual reasons most people leave churches, which is, well, I don't really like how they play this song 
I don't really like how this person interacts with me. I don't really like, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. It's, it's a lot of it go boils down to these particular issues. And that's once again, such a great way to, again, to continue to use this prism of family. Like, yeah, I no longer go to my family holidays. We always, there's always this song they like to play. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> right. Like if you, if yeah. you like my mom's house, uh, they change the carpet out. I'm done with that place. Yeah. You know, like it's, I, again, I think this just becomes a very good prism through which we can kind of check our attitude uh, towards the church and towards God's people. Um, right. I do think often if you're in a Presbyterian setting, um, your pastor likely at their presbytery has, uh, I, I just, every time I've ever been at the Wisconsin Presbytery, I see this, I see this practice. I see men who take care for each other, men who, if they have conflict, directly speak to each other, you know, like I, and, and it's not done perfectly, um, right. This, even the, um, I'm, and I'm the most my personality is the kind of person who carps against this, this idea of that, like we can call someone out for immoderate tone in a debate on the presbytery floor. I, I maybe, maybe it's a shock to anyone listening to the podcast still that that's not my personality to be like, Oh, let's just let them say whatever they want to say. But be, it's because obviously they're running a meeting and they, they are, they're saying we have a duty to keep our communication with brotherly affection. As we handle the business of the church, that's our job. And so they 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 choose to speak that way. And again, not that that can't be abused. Of course, everything in a family can be abused and broken. And that obviously can be, too. But I think. I just think you see such a great example of this. You can see such a great example of this from your elders, from the the, the way these men gather. Um, and I'm sure anyone here in, in a Presbyterian church could ask their elders about the ways they see brotherly love and in their presbytery. And you would have lots of ideas of what this could look like for you. So as we close, I do think one thing that is, this is the fascinating thing. And, and we're, we're ending on a theory. So normally we like to end on like a really like stone cold application, but we're rolling the dice here um, because while gambling, <laughs> it's, it's, is, cold. it's cold here. It's in cold. Wisconsin. Because while, so while actual theory. gambling for money is always forbidden by the Westminster Confession of Faith, this kind of taking a taking a roll of the dice and seeing how this podcast ends is 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 not. So, Pastor Michael, the question on my mind is the relationship in the Apostle Peter's mind between Philadelphia and agape love. Now, so what we will talk specifically about what agape means, all of these things. Right. So that we supplement our faith with virtues and they um, the list continues and it goes. We're on Philadelphia, our final one, which will be I don't know if we'll do it next week or in two weeks. Maybe we'll go back to back. Who knows? And finish off with agape Um, and not sloppy agape, uh, because I can't believe that's a thing, um, by the way. I just I hate so much that you just use that phrase. Is that a thing that people talk about? You can Google that another time. I uh, never will. I, I, I want to make it very clear to everybody and, here. I will so, never Google that phrase. And, and so we will, we will, uh, we will, we will, um, we'll discuss about, about the role that agape may play on this list. And I do think it, it takes a primacy with where it ends um, with how it 
ends with a list. But I, but I think it's very interesting that um, brotherly love is before agape. And so mm. the question is, are we meant to see this kind of brotherly love as leading to, or, um, or, or, or a product of the kind of love that, that we're supposed to finally add our faith with. And, and again, I'm sure our listeners are thinking of verses like the greatest of these is love, right? These are there, there, we will get to joyfully talk about love together soon. But the reason I think there might be something to this even more. So at the end of John's gospel, when Christ confronts Peter, Pete, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And two times Peter uses the term phileo to tell him I love him. And now some people say we make too big of a deal, which is why at the beginning of this, I showed there there is overlap, right? They weren't yep. saying two different things. It's under like there is an understandable mm. overlap semantically. But then the final time, right? And Jesus, but Jesus wants the the response with uh, the the agapo, the 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 Greek verb there. And now we have Peter's writing where he's describing the 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 building of Christian virtue, and he ends it with these two things. And so this this is a hunch. So as some people know, this. Um, this list came out of a, a seminary study I did on these and, and the Greco-Roman background. This is not something I thought of at the time. It only hit me very recently that this could be a parallel. Pastor Michael, um, overall, my theory and overall what um, what what we might be thinking. And and again, if if we do think this, this might be a great cliffhanger for our last of our second Peter mm. series coming up. Yeah, I love it, actually. Um, and especially when we're thinking about um, that final scene in John with with uh, Peter and Christ. Every single detail is so particular. I mean, it's mm -hmm. so every word, every like, I mean, the whole setting, all of it is I mean, it is incredibly important. And so, you know, um, I think it makes sense. Um, and we'll talk, like you said, we'll talk about it more, but the idea of this kind of love, which is good and right and natural, so natural that even the pagans had it among their virtue lists, right? Amongst what it means to be a moral person, Peter and, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit through him doesn't say, Hey, get rid of that. Right? No. Okay. That's a good thing, right? But brotherly affection, not family defection, right? Like, nope, it's good. Brotherly affection. Good add into it this level that we have throughout the new testament this love for the church but those natural affections are in many ways i think maybe you could say a training ground or uh you know a, a beginning place for many um, but there is in a way a higher a deeper expression of love um, and i think that probably that is what very often, not exclusively, but very often what we will get to next week talking about agape. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. This has been Restless, your Midwest Young, Restless, and Reform podcast. Pastor Michael, they need to rate and review this thing, don't they? 
You need a rain review. Do you know that we are apparently a top 2% podcast on listener notes, listener notes, listen notes. It's something it like that. And that's a, like, that's evidently a pretty cool spot to be. You know what we're not the top 2% in? Podcast reviews. <laughs> so if, if you have not reviewed this podcast, uh, which is a lot, I mean, it is the vast majority of you listening right now. It actually helps us reach new people. It helps things like this study in Second Peter get to people that otherwise would not see it. So if you're willing to do that, we think it'd be great. Um, another thing you can do is just share the show with a friend. Pick one friend right now. Who needs to hear about brotherly affection? Who, who do you think is not a good, uh, not a good friend to you and doesn't show you brotherly affection? Send them this podcast. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what the interplay is because Jesus and Peter, they trade off the word they use for love. It's there's yeah. there's something there. I don't oh, there's think it, something there. I don't know how to work it out either, but there's some, oh, it's something. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I'm, it's, yeah, like I said, I'm not, I'm not sold for sure, but I do think that there's something to this more almost I, natural. Uh, yeah. And I do think, you know, I think, I think you're kind of getting at probably the connection. So it's this, yeah, this is seen in, in Roman society. And now we're going to get the, the final thing is the way Christ has loved you. Right. Like it's this, it's that, it's that higher, there is a higher and deeper love. It doesn't mean that this is not great or that it doesn't overlap with, right. Connect right. with is, is fulfilled in this higher love, but there is a higher love. Yeah. Actually, interestingly, a higher love. that's right. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It looks like the last time, um, it looks like, and then it's so fascinating. Cause I think the last time they use the term love in it, is they both use uh, the Philadelphia form. And then, of course, the fascinating thing is then we get the disciple Jesus loved again. And I wonder what form of loved. And then that's agape. So it's this. Wow. It's this, there's something. Yeah, there's something going on. He turns so, to the it disciple. Does, it matters. <laughs> there, There is something. And oh, I don't man. know what it is. Um, but but yeah, I do think that that you're in in this second Peter setting. Um, John's obviously a much harder to understand. Yeah, because he's yeah. got so much john is oh john is as much going on in his gospel as he does in the apocalypse but we just you know we don't give him credit for it but all right man yeah. i gotta upload this podcast maybe i'll leave this little thing on we'll let the music <laughs> die and let this all fade back in so uh, sounds good all right cool, man. man peace yep